Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Positive Perspective Podcast. This is your host, Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. The Clodfather. And today we're going to talk about leadership. In particular, 10 leadership pitfalls. I mean, too often leadership leaders and leadership roles forget or possibly don't realize what the job truly entails. Many organizations lose key members and somebody needs someone to fill a spot. And let's face it, everybody thinks that they're that person to fill the role. They get promoted maybe before their time. Sometimes it's not their fault. Other times people seek out the position of leadership on their own. You know, they advocate for opening a new department. They decide they want to go off and start their own company. And there's something to be said about pushing and wanting more and kind of getting outside of your comfort zone. But you have to be aware of what that truly takes, the challenges that come with a leadership role. And, and that doesn't happen overnight or because you're just willing to push yourself outside your comfort zone. I, I believe most people are in love with the idea of being a leader, whether it's from maybe movies they've watched, uh, things they've seen, and these qualities that it takes to be a true leader don't happen overnight. You may be extremely proficient at doing a lot of things, but leadership just doesn't happen because you're good at those things. The thing that I have uh, been blessed to have embraced years ago, and they have a name for it now, is called servant leadership. And it is something I'll be talking about as time goes on. But one of the first things many leaders truly forget to do is develop others. You know, self-serving motives drive all of us there's nothing wrong with that, but when it prevents a leader from developing their team in a professional direction or developing individuals, unfortunately, that's management failure. I believe that one of the biggest duties of a leader is to develop. You know, whether that means working with them one on one, whether it means mentoring them, whether it means getting them certain courses or materials. Uh, year, I, I believe years ago, and I think it's still happening, you get many leaders that look to go outside for talent. You know, they, they'll go in and, and try to find somebody who fits that position. That's truly not leadership. It just doesn't happen because you open up the checkbook and bring somebody in. So I think many people forget about truly developing and building a great team around a great organization. And trust me, it's a fatal mistake. And your best way to build a long-term team is try to, to develop from within because those people within, if they've earned that opportunity, they bring with them a lot of passion and knowledge. Second, I think many leaders confuse control with delegation. I think for a lot of people, becoming a leader 
means getting to tell other people what to do. That's not leadership. They see the role as being a person who has an answer to every question. I think they find it, they, they like to get asked questions. They find that if they can answer as many questions that people don't know or understand, it proves how much they know. And that for them is assurance that they are a great leader. Real leaders see this, this type of style probably is, is one of the worst case scenarios and a waste of time. Uh, I think most leaders would rather spend their time building teams that they trust, that they can delegate to. Um, they don't have maybe the answer to every question. I never did as a leader. Uh, and, and that's okay. If you don't have those answers, you find them. That's part of growing. They, they recognize they, that not having the answer to every question is okay. And they realize that successful leader isn't about being, let me see, being all things to everyone. It's about truly developing, having an awareness to build these teams, to surround yourself with capable people so you can focus on things that are extremely important. And ultimately, the more control you give up, the better you are. Because ultimately, you want to build a team stronger than you. As I used to tell uh, people years ago, and I, I still do, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. You don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. Because if you are, you've probably stopped learning, you stopped developing, you stopped answering, asking questions. So the third thing I think sometimes that happens is many leaders care more about the title than the job requirements. You know, they, they enjoy that I am the leader type of atmosphere. You know, if you have to remind people who's in charge, you've essentially lost your own authority. Because real leaders never have to remind those around them that they're the captain. Because the people around them trust them and understand this. Be, having a title, being called a head manager, a vice president, a CEO, I think is part of the love of certain people, that title. But having a title doesn't make you a leader. It doesn't mean you're the best at what you do. It doesn't mean you care more. So name, names and delegations, whether that's your name on the door or getting the corner office, um, the big window is not always what the position is about. So real leaders really don't care whether their name's on the door. They care about the goals at hand, empowering those around them to do great work. And, and ultimately, the people around them do see them as a great leader. I think the fourth thing is a lot of leaders want to take credit for everything that goes well and somewhat shift the blame. We start to, you know, you can see this with certain people. 
You know, when everything goes according to plan, leaders up there clapping, whooping it up, you know, patting himself on the back, taking credit. However, when things don't go well, and it's going to happen, and things are going to fall apart, the, the supposed leader is the first one to point their finger. And, and, and to be honest, real leaders do the opposite. They step up. They take, the, they take accountability. They make sure that every team member feels appreciated for their contributions to the success of the whole. And when things don't go well, readers, leaders are the first to admit where they might have gone wrong. Ultimately, they lead by example, just like you should as a coach, just like you should as a parent, just like you should in any position. That humility is such a key factor in getting the ones around you to understand, to trust who want to be there. And talking about wanting to be there, I think sometimes leaders want to work less than everyone else and expect everyone else to work more. It's a main, it's a it's amazing how hungry people are for leadership roles when they're in these junior positions or they're a junior employee and how quickly their habits change the moment they find themselves managing other people. Most leaders work hard for an opportunity to lead. And they do build good habits and they prove themselves and try to move into a higher position. But that, that work ethic can fall apart in an instant. Once they become a leader, I have seen it. They get their new title and suddenly they feel like they could work half as hard. They stop caring about certain things. The worst thing to do is stop caring about the people around you. And at the same time, they expect to be paid more, given more vacation, be treated differently. And in all honesty, re real leaders don't think this way. Real leaders work even harder. Again, it's this leading by example, this servant leadership that I will be talking about a little bit in this podcast, but, but definitely in other podcasts. Re real leaders turn on the lights in the morning, and they're the last one to get out at night. When my kids were in their teens and getting jobs, I said, if you show up on time, you're late. And I'll say it again. If you show up on time, ultimately, you are late. Real leaders set their standard. They show everyone around them what's expected. Not by what they say, but their habits. The habits they live by on a daily basis. Most leaders get comfortable as soon as they find themselves managing others. Real leaders never get comfortable. Because once you get comfortable, you get complacent. And once you get complacent, you will lose control. And another pitfall is many leaders treat others the way they were treated. And this is real in so many instances. You've seen it in school, you've seen it at college, you've seen it from coaches and teams. Leadership skills sometimes get passed down from leader to leader. If you don't have a good mentor or somebody that's been a leader for you, you're gonna pick up bad habits. 
it's not going to work out, and unfortunately, until you see it to start to break out. But real leaders reflect on the way they were led by leaders that had stood the test of time, that have impeccable track records, not just in results and the big picture, but proven by individuals that they have led, that they have made better than themselves. That's ultimately what you want to see. A big part of your success as a leader will be because you reflected on the way you were led. You're going to think not just about the good things that you saw in certain leaders, but you can learn so much on what you don't want to do, on the way you didn't like to be treated, and what worked. Your experiences are going to be so valuable, not just your experiences as a leader, but your experiences just coming up through the whole leadership system, through any type of management that you've been a part of or that you've seen. You really want to start to look at who gets the best results. Why do they get the best results? And I believe that many leaders fail because they don't devote time and effort into this type of reflection. This reflection is so important, trust me. They go with their feelings at the moment, maybe, that instead of always ask, asking themselves, how can they be better? How can they best handle this situation? So I think eventually that great leaders, this kind of process, this reflection becomes inherent in many of the things they do. It, it happens throughout the entire day. They're consistently looking to optimize their actions to create a better response in others. So they're constantly reflecting and questioning themselves on how they can be a more effective person, a more effective leader. And this is, I think, what we should all strive to be looking for. Uh, another thing is I don't think many leaders embrace this, what is now called servant leadership. And it's nothing new. I just think they finally put a title on it. And servant leadership is definitely a leadership philosophy Philosophy in which really the main goal is to serve. I mean, it's very simple. This is, this is different from traditional leadership where the leader's main focus is really to get a thriving, massive result for the company and organization, which is ultimately what you want, but it's short-lived. Because eventually that type of drive of a person, of a team, breaks up. And that's how you see companies losing so many great people. Servant leadership is done by sharing power. It, it puts the needs of the employees first, helps them develop and perform at the highest possible way they can. Even if that means these people get pushed to a point of being in a better position than that leader. There are certain characteristics. And let me tell you what those 10 most important characteristics of 
of servant leadership is. Listening is the first one. God gave us two ears and one mouth so we could listen twice as much as we talk. Empathy is extremely important. Healing, awareness, persuasion, foresight, stewardship, having vision, commitment to the growth of people, and building community. This building a community is extremely important. It was one of the things that I was extremely successful for because I believe everybody can win. It doesn't have to be one or two people on a team in an office that win. I believe everybody can win. It, there's enough out there for everybody to be successful in anything we do. So I prioritize other people's needs way above mine. I found out what their goals were. I found out what their passions were. I found out what developmental skills they lacked. I found out what drove them. And, and I did this by the skills we just talked about, by listening. You'll serve people much better when you make a deep commitment to intentionally listen to them and understand what they're saying. So improve your listening skills. Don't listen with the intent to answer. Listen in with the intent to understand. Look at their body language. Avoid interrupting. Give feedback on what they're saying or what you think they're saying. Ask questions. Get deep into listening. The second thing we talked about was empathy. Understand and try to put yourself in other people's positions. Try to understand their intentions and their perspective. Put aside maybe your viewpoint, just temporarily, and value other people's perspective. People like feeling that they're understood, even if you might have a difference of opinion. They like feeling like they are understood. Next, next we're going to talk about healing. And, and this really talks about the, the wholeness of a person and involves supporting them both physically and mentally. Make sure that people have the resources and knowledge they need to do their jobs. And not just to do their jobs, but to do their jobs effectively. The next characteristic that servant leadership uses is self-awareness. This is really looking in the mirror and, and taking a, a, a deep, long look at, at not just your behavior, but your emotions. And, and consider how they affect people. Think about, are they truly aligned with your values? Can you become so, more self-aware? Not just self-aware of, of yourself and your values, but aware of what's happening around you. And if there are opportunities, be strong enough to ask other people for feedback, ask other people for, for help. The next one was persuasion I mentioned, and servant leadership uses persuasion rather than authority. They use persuasion to encourage people to take action. They also aim to build a group consensus so that everyone supports a decision. 
when people perceive you as an expert, they're more likely to listen to you. And they're more unlikely to listen to you when you persuade or inspire them. The next one is conceptualization. And this is really your ability to dream. To dream great dreams. So that you look beyond the day-to-day -day necessities, the day-to-day -day actions. You look at a bigger picture. You have vision, they might call it today. It's having vision. And most of your senior leaders in these bigger organizations, they have great vision. They have they create a mission and a vision statement for your team. I do this for myself individually. I've done it with my family. I've done it with my kids. Looking basically for a long-term game plan. Something that not just sets out the steps for business, but also something that might keep you motivated to help you achieve more. Something that keeps you from getting distracted. And they also get the tools they need to try to reach beyond their, their potential. They also have great foresight, which is really your ability to predict what it's like, what's likely to happen in the future. Kind of from learning from the past and understanding past experiences identifying what's happening now and understand the consequence of this decision. So th this foresight is extremely important, getting to know people, getting to know, have this instinct of their habits. And the next one is steward stewardship. Stewardship's about taking responsibility for the action and performance of your team, being accountable, which, as we've seen, we've all, we've all seen it, a lot of people don't want to be accountable for the actions of others. But as a leader, this is exactly what you are. You're, you're accountable, not just to the people that you're managing or the people you're developing or the people that you're leading, but you're also accountable to the people above you. You have to take time to continually create those values that this team, this or, this organization that you're creating will also stand for. Commitment to the growth of people. I coached athletics for over 20 years. And if you don't get charged up by seeing other people develop and grow, then, then you have no, no reason to be in leadership. Because servant leadership's Servant leaders are committed to the personal and professional development of everyone on their team. And ultimately, standing at the top without these people around you is no fun. You, you're there to develop people to make sure the use of the systems or procedures to understand their development and give them the skills they need to do their jobs effectively. To find out their personal goals find out what drives them, to find out what motivates them, to find out what inspires them. And you have this respo responsibility to utilize those things to help them push themselves, help them drive themselves. And this is an individual thing. One common goal will not work and keep a team feeling great about themselves.
And if you take this commitment to grow people, it will help in the 10th thing, that, which is building community. The last characteristic is to build this sense of community with your organization. You do this by providing opportunities for people to interact with, not just with one, one another, but to interact with other people from the company, higher ups, organize social events, team lunches, barbecues, design workspace, do whatever you need to do to create this community that, that you know, this community of team and understand that they all are valued. There's no one person valued more. Encourage them to take responsibility. Encourage them to grow. And then remind them of how great of an impact they have. How they contribute to the success. How they contribute to the overall objectives of the organizations. How close they are to their goals. Again, we're making it about them. And this is what servant leadership is about. It's truly about caring more about people as individuals, caring more about people and people's goals and desires and direction than maybe the companies, because you can do both. You ultimately have to keep your organization's end goal in mind, but you could do this while serving people at a high level because ultimately it's about people. No matter, I don't care, there's not a product out there. I don't care how great of a product is, there's not a product out there that doesn't need people around it to help. I don't care how much technology we have. Ultimately, it's about creating relationships, developing relationships. This will outperform anything mechanical when push comes to shove. I don't care what kind of technology you have. I don't care what kind of product you have. People, people skills, servant leadership is the direction of the future. It's been the direction of the past. Many just don't buy into it. Might not have seen it as valuable. Maybe have not seen this type of style of leadership. But trust me when I say it works. And it's just not meant to work in a business setting, it works in so many other settings. Whether you're a, an athletic coach, a life coach, whether you're a parent, a teacher, no matter what position, we ultimately are all leaders in some respect. So continue to grow. Thank you for listening. I apologize about some of the background ringing. I'm working on some of these things. Uh, I'm still trying to hone my craft to become a better podcast leader myself. So you guys have a great day and God bless. Take care.